Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So this week I'm chatting to Sinead Furlong. Sinead's a singer-songwriter, she's a music blogger, an event organiser, and she's also the founder of Manawesome, which is a platform for women in music. Manawesome has a website, it releases uh, reviews and blogs and playlists uh, for women in music. There's also a Manawesome uh, songwriter and open mic night as well, and it's been running since 2017. So we got into the reasons why Sinead started up Manawesome, and we talked about songwriting and performance anxiety. Um, so yeah, so you were telling me about your your songwriting and you were saying that you, you were thinking of releasing later this year and how long have you been working on the songs that you're hoping to release this year? Kind of within the last year, but I've been writing and things like I've wanted, I've been writing for years, like I kind of have always been a writer the same way I've always been a singer um, ever since I was little and um um, yeah, I've been wanting to do it for a while, um, but never really had the confidence to do it and kind of didn't really know where to go for guidance and stuff like that either. Um, so yeah, I guess the stuff that um, I'll release will probably be stuff I've written in within the last year or like this year as well. Cool. That's, that's so exciting. Mm-hmm. And has your style <laughs> changed much since you first started kind of writing properly? Um, yeah, I don't really know. I think I'm still figuring it out, yeah. kind of figuring out the genre that I want to be in because it changes. <laughs> um, like I know, yeah, I kind of want to give it sort of a kind of a rock edge, but I don't, I don't really have it all ironed out yet. <laughs> Do you know what though? I Like just from experience, I think you're better off just like releasing whatever you have and, and be as happy with it as you can be. And you can always change it for the next one. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. edit it. And I think when you put something out in the world, you start realizing what you feel good about and what you don't feel good about. And maybe what your audience likes and doesn't like as well, which can sometimes influence where you go. So I think mm-hmm. it's just cool just to like, just get it out there and see what happens. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's a little hurdle that I need to get over because I've planned for it and I've, <laughs> I've never actually like reached the goal before. Um, so like, I feel like it's like a little hurdle that I need to get over or a little, just something that I need to do. And then after that, I'll be like, awesome. I know yeah. what I want now. This is like, it's just. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's, so, I think it's so much harder when you're doing it on your own is it just you or is it like you on your own or have you got a band or it's just me at the moment but yeah um I have a couple of people in mind that I'll look in yeah <laughs> when live gigs open up again and that all starts happening yeah oh yeah I know mm-hmm. I know it's like dreamy yeah <laughs> it's a too distant future hopefully maybe we'll see <laughs> uh, I think when you when you have like you know band members around you that you're collaborating with and like kind of putting a set together like you all kind of push and encourage each other do you know um so it's kind of like you have a bit of it more of a support system when you're on your own it's like you just I think it's you feel so much more vulnerable so and I totally get that feeling because like my band broke up uh at the end of 2016 and I've wanted to keep going with it but I just didn't because I just completely lost my confidence after the band broke up I was like I don't know what to do I don't have my band with me you know so you know it's only now that I've started kind of 
going, I think I can do this now. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It takes a while. Like, it really does. It does. Yeah. To, like, beat and, like, those thoughts, those negative thoughts. Yeah. And it's when, <clears throat> I know for me, like, I'm always, always second guessing myself. And it's just me playing something. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> but it could be, like... It might be a catchy hook, but I've played it so many times that it's now annoying me. And I'm like, oh, I need to move on. I need to do something better. It always has to be better. It has to be more complicated. So I'm just trying to like calm down, <laughs> simplify everything. Um, and just kind of allow it, just allow whatever I'm writing. If it's, if I think it's crap or if it's kind of okay, I'll just, this is it. This is going to be a finished song. This is happening and <laughs> no one has to hear it I think yeah. sometimes like a song is never finished as well like you could, you could always keep twi- tweaking a song yeah for at sure. some point you have to go this is audible now it's ready to, for someone to hear it you know yeah even songs that like that you know songs that are like famous like you could change them you could add, add new layers you could you know change up things in the song that you know it's, it's like never ending yeah yeah, and like you see that with covers sometimes as well. People come along and add their own um, flavor, I guess. Yeah. So like it, yeah, it depends on the people you work with as well. I think if you have a certain set of musicians with certain experiences or whatever, and their taste and everything come into it, so you could have like the same song could be three different songs depending on the musicians that you get to play it. Totally. Like, have you ever collaborated before? Yeah, like I've done stuff in college. Um, did you do the, the songwriting or the voice in college, by the way? I did vocals. And then... Yeah, cool. So in yeah. college, you did a bit of collaboration. Was it on your original stuff or like, was it more cut the covers? Yeah, so for my thesis, I released a couple of songs and I collaborated with someone on that. Um and yeah, it was just, it was kind of very separate though. Like I wrote the vocals and the melody and the vocals and the melody and the lyrics. And then they did all the music. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it wasn't like we were in a room together writing together. It was, we wrote separately and then okay. stuff was added in later. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's so many <laughs> different ways you can collaborate with people though. Do you know, mm-hmm. so many different approaches to songwriting. It's, um, uh, I think it can be like really inspiring as well to like try new ways to 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 like write and approach a song like um like when I first started I was the same as yourself I'd be writing kind of you know chord progressions vocal melodies um lyrics and then I'd you know bring it to my band and be like hey this is a song I have and I'd like like bang down my block chords and sing the melody or whatever and like I'm sometimes would, would try and describe a vibe that I wanted but like back then I didn't know how to um to I suppose speak so well about like the musical elements of it that I couldn't communicate as well with the band you know so a lot of the times songs went in completely different directions like aesthetically than I thought but I thought that was so exciting like that that process was like so exciting to go I never thought of it of having that kind of flow to it or that you know rhythm or that like textures I, n- I never thought of it and it's just really cool to let other people sometimes kind of have have their say on your song which can be kind yeah. of scary too yeah definitely you know totally agree because I get very stuck in things as well and I'm like I have the chords but I don't know what I want to do with them I don't know where they're going to go 
Um, so it's really cool to sort of get, yeah, to get other people's perspectives and, um, get them to kind of just do their own thing. And I think it's cool to, um, see people like just kind of letting their creativity sort of run wild as well. I don't know. Um, (laughs) it's like, it's an energy thing as well. It's like you're bouncing off each other and you just don't know what's going to happen. It's like something really exciting about that. You're like feeding off each other's energy in the moment. And like, where are, have you, do you know where you're going to record your songs or? Um, I'm thinking I might do some of it myself. Um, yeah, I haven't really got that far yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I don't know. I think like now with equipment and stuff like that, like, you know, most musicians have like, a basic recording setup at home now so like mm-hmm. even just being able to record your your parts yourself and like you could send it to someone else to mix and master you know that's I kind of wish we we did it that way when we did our album it wouldn't cost us as much like but yeah <laughs> it was still really cool right. having the experience of you know being in the studio and all that that too so there's pros and cons to both yeah yeah I guess I would love to go into a studio instead of my spare room but <laughs> Yeah. Um. I think for the first, I think I'm gonna release maybe five, just like a little EP or something. Yeah. Um. So for the first one, I think kind of home recording wherever possible is kind of gonna be the way. Yeah. And then see see where it goes after that. Then. Yeah. Exactly. Like, there's no right or wrong way to do things. I think sometimes just get it out there. You know, and there's so many like independent artists now doing their own thing that the I don't know. I suppose there's more scope to do have it sounding a different way or having it you know doesn't have to sound like super highly polished like it's done in this really expensive recording studio somewhere like sometimes Mm -hmm. especially if it's just you and your guitar it has it has space to be a little bit more organic and are you doing electric or acoustic or both um probably some electric some piano as well um yeah (laughs) I get you're still feeling out it's kind of hard to know um what to say uh, at a certain point was there something you don't have to share if you don't want to but was there something like a a moment that happened to you that made that made you lose your confidence or were you always just kind of shy yeah I guess it's kind of always well I don't know if I was always shy say maybe you like I wasn't shy when I was a toddler, like, <laughs> yeah. I've heard some stories <laughs> that I won't repeat now, <laughs> but I think as I got older, I kind of got more self-conscious and then it just kind of got, I'd say it got worse probably when you're a teenager, like it gets, gets tough. And then, um, yeah, I guess throughout college as well, <clears throat> I wasn't, I was experiencing a lot of like um anxiety before performing and stuff and feel like I should have sort of started to try a bit harder to sort it out then than I did does that make sense um sometimes I think when we're in the moment of something like that we we can't really make sense of it and we can't Mm. we don't really like we know what's happening to us because we're we're reacting to it but we we can't really have enough like hindsight is a great thing you know you can look back and go oh my god this happened and this happened and that's how I felt and that's how I I behaved or reacted and 
god I wonder if I did this differently could the situation have turned out differently but you know you just we just have to learn from all these things really it kind of makes us into wiser beings yeah exactly um and like uh, understanding why you're reacting in certain ways really helps um like the I don't know if you follow the holistic psychologist Nicole Perra she's on Instagram and she um she does a lot of stuff around ego work and understanding what your ego is and accepting your shadow self and um different like attachment styles and her thing like and it's I don't think it's just her it's um several people um hold the belief that all of your experiences from when you're from birth to seven years old are what shape you (laughs) for the rest of your life so those all those any kind of like negative beliefs that you might have or positive beliefs or whatever will be formed during that time between zero Um, and seven yeah wow that's that's crazy I can't imagine like at a as you know being like a one-year-old even kind of knowing what was going on you know but I I guess it's believable you when did you start Manawesome? I started Manawesome in 2017 so why did you start it? Four years now um so I was kind of spurred on after seeing the punk singer do you know the documentary about Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Kill? I don't think I've seen that actually, no. Go watch it. Was it's it RTE class. or was um, it? Um, I don't know. It was, it's um, a film, like, um, <clears throat> documentary film. I, okay. I don't know who made it. Sorry. Oh, it's okay, I'll check it. No, I just meant, like, was it on Netflix um, or RTE or whatever? <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, yeah. I don't even know if it's on Netflix. I saw it, uh, Stephen White from The Last Mixtape put it on in The Lighthouse Cinema. Okay. Um, yeah. He was doing like a series of films and so I see it. And it was just like everything that she was going through and her peers were going through at the time, like we are still dealing with now. <laughs> when was that? And when, when, when was she growing up or? It's kind of like in the 80s, mm-hmm. 90s kind of time. Yeah. So I like, I really wanted to just like do something. I was like, we need to sort of, we need to celebrate our women. Um, and I was going to put on a gig and then decided to do the blog instead and have gigs as part of the blog. Yeah, that's cool. So it started out as a blog. Is that how it started? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then in the blog, then you're just for anyone who doesn't know, you're basically writing articles about various women in music, um, showcasing yeah. their music and giving a bio and write up about their music, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So like interviews, reviews, we do playlists, we do an open mic, we do, um, what else do we do? My mind's gone blank. Loads of stuff. I saw recently you advertised for a songwriter meetup. Yeah, that was a thing that we were trialing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, from the online open mics, we started them last summer, I think. And um, yeah, it was just such a nice vibe, such a lovely community vibe in the open mic. Everyone was really supportive and it wasn't just they were giving each other feedback and it wasn't just like oh I love your song you're you've a nice voice it was kind of more constructive like a yeah constructive kind of feedback which is really cool so we thought it would be deadly because everybody was so nice and because everyone was kind of um so like adept at what they were doing that would be cool to have a songwriter meetup 
and then people can play their work in progress songs or whatever and um or we have people who do spoken word and poetry and um flash fiction and stuff as well which is cool that's great so it kind of started out as basically yeah, just a normal open mic but online and did you find the attendance to be quite good then obviously if you have continued it for so long people were showing up and yeah it's like yeah we kind of get we've a lot a few regulars as well which is nice um but yeah we get a good few we maybe have eight or so performers and then people come along to see them as well um which is lovely yeah that's lo- um, that's loads like it's a nice kind of under the what do three or four songs each or something or yeah it's normally like two yeah and um, we just run it for like an hour hour and a half that's great though like yeah I was gonna do it one week wasn't I I messaged you at some point and then oh, college yeah. happened and then I was like no <laughs> not not happening but I, I will I'll come back and do it during the summer for sure are you going to continue it during the summer um yeah I'd say so we'll see because it's a weird time so um but yeah hopefully we will be yeah cool and so yeah see your blog your open mic the, the meetup and has anything come from Manasom? Has like have you been asked to like talk about it? Have you been asked to has an, anyone kind of has anything kind of come from it? Like has anyone kind of come to you because of that and asked you to do something? Yeah, um, I did an interview for somebody's thesis on Monday. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, I've done that before. Um, I've done say like when I was promoting when we were putting on gigs I put on a gig in Workman's before I was on radio to promote that um and I've done a couple of things for BIM so, you know when I don't know if I should mention it the drummer in Dublin podcast thing kerfuffle oh the <laughs> oh yeah the one who said the things yeah what do you mean yeah we, he was showing up in age yeah, so kind of, I've been asked to comment on that as well. So, um, yeah, I wrote an article for BIM about that. And, um, I. Yeah, so you did, um, an article, um, about, about that, that article. And, um, how did you feel about that situation? Like, to be honest, it's quite, it was quite draining. Um, because you can work so hard to build up something and like from my perspective um to be kind of like trying to celebrate women and it's it's like when people people don't really like it's like they don't cop that women make music or they they don't maybe respect the fact that women make music and it's like I'm like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> They're everywhere. I mean, what do you mean you can't find a woman to put on your lineup? Like, um, and then that happened. Um, and it was just like, just so blatant, blatant ignorance. And I just got, I got really mad. I got really annoyed. <laughs> um, I just found it, I found it quite draining. Um, but what I was, I, I did say, like in the article, is that while like we can be so angry about these things and that is totally warranted and completely valid, I feel like 
we need to talk to maybe not the person who said the comments, but the people who run the podcast for it hasn't just taken it as an example. Try and start a conversation with them and be like, well, why was this put out? Why did it happen? Why didn't you say something? Et cetera, et cetera. Do you know what I mean? And try, try and understand and try and communicate our point of view to people who don't experience it. Um, um, so then they can then sort of become allies and have more understanding and compassion for the situation that, uh, most, if not all women are in regularly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it all rings so true, so true. And have you ever experienced any negative negativity yourself as a female musician? Or do you know anyone close to you who has? Um, I'm trying to think. Like, there's, it's, it's not, it's never like really outright. Um, it's never kind of blatant. I don't think, like in person or whatever I've experienced. Like, not never. I'm sure there's people who've had awful, awful times. Um, but yeah, like for me, it's. It's kind of, it's smaller things like, um, running a gig one time, my boyfriend walked into the venue with me and the sound engineer went to him first, asked him what the story was. And he was like, I don't know, she's running the gig. And it was like, you know, why did you assume that the man was running the gig? Um, yeah. And people kind of, it's like people sort of, treating like women music made by women as a genre so like female music or women's music or female fronted or something like that yeah um i'm trying to think i've i've actually had um the same thing happen to me like um with yeah going to gigs to like play and the the person in charge of setting up or whatever would go straight to one of the guys in the band or even playing cover gigs I actually remember one time like we were in the middle of a gig it was a cover gig in a kind of a small well it was like and it was like an old man's pub but young people and it was kind of long and narrow <laughs> but um like I have quite a strong voice and sometimes I'm a bit loud but it's quite difficult to do like a proper sound check when it's just two of you because you can't go out and hear the two of you <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not always easy to do that. So anyway, he wanted me to turn down a little bit. And instead of coming over to me and asking me to turn down, he went to the guy that was playing with me and asked him to tell me to turn down. And I was absolutely furious. Like I wanted to have words with him about it. I was like, just say it to me. Like I would have no problem with that. I'm a professional. Like I would have no problem with turning down a bit. I understand. But he, instead he just went straight to the to the guy that was playing with me. And I was just like, oh, that's just one of many it's like just a, like a belittling and a kind of a what's the word like they kind of like um what's it like you get ignored you kind of get like brushed over or stepped over sometimes you know it's it's happened so so much I was reading your bio and I saw that you performed in Carnegie Hall with the lineup choir which I thought was like yeah. a very very cool trip to take do you want to tell us about that yeah, so it was with um Deke Sharon, who's the guy who does all the um 
he did all the arrangements for Pitch Perfect. He's an acapella singer and cool. arranger. Um, and he's worked with people like Pentatonix and he has Decapella. It's like a acapella group and they sing Disney songs. Cool. Oh, wow. I never heard of that. Um, so it was this thing. It's, to- it's called Total Vocal. Um, I think it's been running a few years. Um, so we, it was, um, maybe like a third of the choir went. Um, and we performed, there was maybe 250 people on stage with us, like all different choirs from all over the world. Um, and we had two full days of rehearsals and then showtime on the third, the third day, oh, the third day, sorry. <laughs> what was it like? Was it part of like a larger showcase, I guess, or was it, what was it for? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, I think called Total Vocal. And it's choirs from all over the world taking part. Um, I think there were six different countries um, when we were there. Um, and some of them like unbelievable acapella groups and choirs and things. Um, really cool. What was I going to say? Um, yeah, so we had, we went, it was just over a weekend. So we had two full days rehearsals. And then on the third day, we had the show. So it was... It was just awesome. And a few of us did a tour of Carnegie Hall as well before we did the show. So it was nice. I kind of was able to be a tourist. <laughs> yeah, be a tourist, but also sort of settle in as well. Cause like I was so nervous. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, I was nice to kind of see the space and hear about the history of it and, um, like hear about all the other unbelievable people that like performed there and, um, it kind of helped settle me in as well because it's kind of daunting, like singing Carnegie Hall. God, <laughs> so how many people did you perform to? Um, I think the capacity is just under three thousand. Wow, that's like crazy! <laughs> it's so big. Yeah. That's amazing. What did it feel like? What did it feel like performing in that many people? Was the energy in the room different? Um. I don't know. <laughs> it was just great crack. It was just so much fun. Um, there were so many of us on stage as well. Um, so like I did a, I did a solo as well. So like being in the group was a little, a little easier because you had everybody around you and it was, oh, I don't know. It was probably maybe the most fun ever. <laughs> Yeah, that when you have, yeah, it's again having that like tribe kind of around you. Just, yeah, like, what I was saying earlier about being in a band, it's like, yeah, you feel more powerful. I think when you have people around you like that. Yeah, um, and he's like Duke Sharon had such a great energy as well. He was so positive and um, really kind of got everybody hyped up, and it's just great. <laughs> yeah. And um, so. About, you know, other gigs that you've played, like, have you got, like, kind of a standout gig that you've performed at um, that kind of just is one that you love telling people about, other than that one, <laughs> the one I asked you about? Um, yeah, it's another choir gig. We sang with Hugh Jackman in the Three Arena. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I thought I was going to be, like, terrified, nervous, and, like, because we were placed on the stage, so we were kind of, we weren't in the group, we weren't in, like, a big group, it was, like for some of the numbers we were placed on our own basically <laughs> yeah. standing on the stage um and 
yeah, I don't know. I just felt like really at home. I was like, yeah, I could do this all day. That's so again, cool. <laughs> he's amazing. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Like. Yeah, so good. Yeah. And um, so who would be like some of your, I suppose, muses or influences as a performer, as a singer, as a writer? Um, several. Um, so Wallace Bird, definitely. When I first heard her music, I was maybe 16 or 17. And, and before that, I was like, I just want to be a singer. I just want to sing. But then I decided there and then, I was like, no, I have to, I need to be a songwriter. Like, this This is class. <laughs> um, I love her stuff. I love her energy, like her performances and everything. She's she's amazing. Um, Hayley Williams is another one from Paramore. Like the new I'll never not be an emo kid. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it all. I like the old stuff. I like the sort of newer Paramore and then her original, uh, not her original, her solo stuff as well. Um, it's class. I actually haven't heard her solo stuff, but I didn't like the new, I didn't like the change that they had, that Paramore had. I didn't like that music at all. Oh, really? Like, no, it wasn't. It was like, it wasn't even their, their genre anymore, which they had, they're completely entitled to change whatever they like, but it just wasn't really my thing. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was cool. Um, and I felt like after, um, their self-titled album, cause that was such a kind of mishmash of genres. I felt like that was sort of, it made sense for them to go that direction. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her, her own stuff, like her solo stuff is really different as well. It's not paramore at all. <laughs> oh, I'd love to, um, have to have to listen to it. Do you definitely do? Um, there's Frank Turner as well. I love his writing style and his. Who is he now? Is he? I'm not he's um he's an English singer songwriter. Okay. He's in a band called Million Dead. I think. Never heard of them. Years ago, or like in the early two thousands. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, he's kind of kind of comes from the sort of punk DIY scene, um, and I love like I love seeing him live because energy again is class but um his like he says about his gigs as well like it's like he's no different from the people in the audience and the only he says like the only difference between me and you right now is that I it's my turn to have the microphone but anyone can do this yeah um which is really inspiring yeah (laughs) it's empowering isn't it to have that encouragement from someone like that yeah and he's yeah his whole, whole kind of ethos is sort of DOI, um, you know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be like amazing to write and release a song. You don't have to be amazing to perform. You know, anyone can do it. It's so much fun and great crack. So why wouldn't you do it? Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and there's like, there's loads. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And it changes um, too. It can change yeah. too, can't it? Yeah, so lately I'm loving Fiona Apple. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Love her lyrics and her her whole vibe, her whole thing. She's amazing. Very cool. Yeah, she's gonna. <laughs> I remember my auntie and uncle sent me her stuff and was like, "Hey, check this girl out. She's kind of is she, she's kind of like singer songwriter kind of like happy boppy pop stuff." If I remember correctly, it's been a while since I heard her. Is that kind of some of her stuff is like that, and yeah. then she kind of has she, better yeah she's kind of gets yourself into like anger and like real like 
powerful kind of stuff. Her most recent album, I think she released it last year, um, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. It's, it's like, it was like a kind of a lesson in just not giving a shit. Sorry for swearing. Totally fine. <laughs> um, because, yeah, I just, I loved it. It was like she was just doing whatever she wanted. And then people were coming back with like, there was mixed reviews. Some people thought it was amazing. Some people was like, oh, it's so pretentious. But I was like, this is great because like she just doesn't appear to care like how it's received. She's just kind of really like being really authentic and just letting herself be creative and just write about what she wants to write about and how she wants to write about it. Yeah, I love that because it's I think that's one thing that holds most of us back from releasing anything is just the fear of kind of what other people think. So to be able to like be like confident enough in yourself to just release it, whatever, like as long as you're happy with it and not to care about too much about people's reactions, you know, like because you're never going to please everyone anyway, you know. Yeah, that's true. And do you really want to please everybody? No. Do, you want to be, <laughs> do you want to be sort of offensive or do you want to say something like do you want to make a statement mm, yeah well, some, <laughs> of the, some of the best some of the, some of my favorite like artists are people who are just a bit different you know and they don't really mm. follow the rules and yeah like even if you look at a band like um like radiohead for example like <laughs> the amount of genres that they've actually released per per album per song like they've just gone through so many different styles like and like I think that's so cool I think it's so cool that they just did it and they didn't feel like they had to stay in one particular area because they had a fan base you know their fan base is either going to come with them or they'll get new fans do you know what I mean so exactly yeah When you're writing a song, do you work with any like music software? Like, do you work with any like synths or like beat making or anything like that? Or is it just like acoustic instruments and voice? Yeah, it's mainly acoustic and voice. Um, my little notebook. I love having my little notebook. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have Pro Tools. I've been using Pro Tools recently. Um, and I have like little MIDI keyboards and stuff. Kind of, you know, you buy this stuff and you're like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll get to grips with this. I'll play around with it. It'll yeah. give me like some fresh new ideas. And then it's meant to six months in the drawer. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I get, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's mostly, I'm it's mostly piano at the moment that I'm writing on. Um, yeah, and then. Yeah, I like to write lyrics in notebooks and things are taken down on my phone. I don't know. How do you write? Yeah, yeah. I, I would have been the same as you. Um, I would like, I would like piano would have been my my main instrument. Um, But I, I couldn't even play it that well. I was really just writing basic chord structures and like bass lines and stuff with it. Um, And like coming up with melodies, vocal melodies over that and lyrics. Um, And then I'd, you know, bring it to the band and, rec- and do it that way. But like, in the last couple of years I've kind of got my head around like I suppose the technology side of a bit of it a bit more through college um just learning how to use a DAW and like you know learning how to record your vocals properly um and things like that but then this semester we started like digging into like um beat making and stuff like that which I never never did before um 
so like learning how to write drum beats and stuff as well but you know learning how to like write with MIDI instruments and kind of even like learning how to use Muse score and like arrange and Muse score and things like that and like it's kind of adding another layer of possibilities now to my songwriting so I'm re- I just can't wait for the summer to come around so I can just dig into it because I, I have like I've I've like a load of songs that I've written that are like almost finished but they just need to be like demoed and stuff and then get musicians to like record them same as yourself and then then I also have like a load of voice notes in my phone I went one night I just went through my the voice notes in my phone and like had listened to like what I was writing and uh, you know at a, at a certain stage and I and I noticed noticed like a, a a certain team through a lot of the stuff that I was kind of writing it was quite more kind of soulful stuff than rock or any, anything else um and I was like this is actually kind of cool I think I would actually like listen to this <laughs> which I never thought I would like go in that direction but um and then I have these other songs that like you know I was writing about being depressed and like you know being in love and being heartbroken and all that stuff like so it has like a completely different vibe so I don't know what what direction I'm going to go in but I'm looking forward to to playing around with it anyway during the summer and kind of seeing how the songs develop yeah cool so you're going to release something do you plan to release something soon or yeah I actually I would love to try and release even a single this year just to I you know because I know once I do one I'll be I'll be on the ball then I'll be like yes I can do this but um I'm like you like I've never I, I'm on my own now you know I'm like writing on my own now whereas before I had my band so it feels very different and a lot scarier um but I'm you know I'm starting to get my confidence back now with my new found skills and stuff like that so yeah we'll see even if I can release one song I'll be happy that'll that'll just make me happy so cool so exciting that's why I was so excited to hear about your stuff because I was like oh me too (laughs) (laughs) it's like so much release music being released all the time like it's kind of it's so hard to keep up with it all like yeah but that's kind of like reassuring in a way because it's like you're less exposed that way because there's so much now that we have access to so much music it can be kind of it can go the other way as well (laughs) <laughs> but um it's kind of like you know you're sort of cushioned by everybody else <laughs> he's doing it you're not just kind of you're not going to be the only song out there yeah what do you think of what's your opinion on spotify and kind of streaming platforms in general uh i don't really know like yeah it's just kind of like yeah they need to pay people more for their art yeah <laughs> did you um, notice that they put um the paypal thing on on the spotify artist profiles now no actually that they i i don't know what the story with it is because i know my boyfriend's band doesn't have it on theirs but they didn't go and set it up or anything so maybe you actually have to go in and and add it as an option in your prof- your artist account or whatever or maybe it's like a thing on whatever distribution um, platform you're using or whatever um but I was on let me see what's his name someone added me on Instagram earlier and I was like oh I don't know who this person is so I like checked out his music um see if it's on my Spotify no oh, oh. Christian Weathers I don't know if you know him um 
but I don't know if you can see this, but like there's like this PayPal thing on t on top when you go onto the profile. It's like make a contribution and no money goes to Spotify, which I think is really cool. It's really cool, but I feel like it's kind of like an easy way out for Spotify to go, you know, to instead of giving them more money per streams or whatever, to just do that. Because then it's up to the artist to like, to kind of get people on and, and do you know what I mean like people will listen to their song but won't even know that that, that option is there unless they go on their profile so I think it's good but it's not good enough in my opinion yeah and it kind of feels like people are being sort of made out to be like charity cases or something yeah oh my god yeah I know what you mean it's it's really hard actually because I think people are so used to getting everything for free these days. Like me, you, all of us, like we're all used to getting stuff for free now. Um, we can go online and listen to anything we want for free. You know, there's so much content online on YouTube and Spotify and podcast apps and everything for free. Um, that it makes it really difficult then to kind of entice people to actually pay when they listen to your or enjoy your content. And then, you know, I actually put up at like a, tip jar thing on my my profile there recently and I like shared a little, a little like poster on my story like saying tip jar or whatever link in bio and I felt like ter I felt weird like putting it up you know I was like but like like does um I don't know if you know the comedian Kyla Cobbler do you know her she's like from Cork I don't know how many followers she has but she must have like she's thousands and thousands of followers I think she could have like 50,000 followers or something like that let me check otherwise it'll, it'll bug me but um she's on patreon do you know patreon oh yeah yeah i've thought about setting one up like down the line yeah i think i think patreon is is really great but um i also there's also like a lot of people who don't know what it is you know like i've i've heard of it before but it was kind of off my radar a bit because i kind of thought it was only a thing for like american youtubers but then i saw you know true and I suppose chatting to like a lot of people on my podcast over the last however many months since last summer and a lot of those people are actually on Patreon and I was like oh I must I must sign up I must sign up but I just kept not signing up I only signed up like a couple of weeks ago um I think it's amazing so she has like 51.2 thousand followers and on her she, on her Patreon she does not have anywhere near that but I was like imagine imagine every one of those followers just gave her one euro that's one euro a month that you're paying for daily stories and jokes and updates and content. One euro a month. That's not a lot to pay to someone who you, you know, value their content, value their art. And people just don't do it. And I don't think it's anyone's fault. I think that we're just so um, um, institutionalized into getting things for free. You know, it's like we don't we don't really think about it. And I know we can't we can't pay everyone that we that we that we support because we just don't, we wouldn't have enough money to support everyone we want to, but um, like I I think I shared about it on my story a couple of a few few days ago or a week ago or whatever, just to let people like know about it and say hey I've signed up as a patron but I think some people thought I was actually like looking for people to sign up to me which I wasn't. I may in the future, oh, <laughs> but yeah. I was just saying, hey, I've signed up and I'm listed to people that I that I'm being a patron to, um, 
but yeah like I had one person message me and like he was telling me all about Twitch did you ever hear about Twitch yeah I've never been on it though but I've seen people posting on it are you a gamer do you game or anything no yeah no me neither my boyfriend does a bit like but he's yeah, he only really got into it over lockdown. I mean, I can't, I can't figure out how to get in her profile on Patreon there. But she, she I think she might have like 500 patrons, which is really good. Mm. Um, but I was like, come on. Like, like I, I think I'm setting myself a budget of like a tenner a month because I have so many different prescriptions. I'm only working part time. I'm in college, all the rest. So I can't afford much more than that. So I'm like trying to, you know, show support by even two euro a month to a few a few different artists is, it goes such a long way you know you know give up one lunch a week <laughs> you'd spend a tenner on lunch easy like do you know what I mean to support someone who's making art that you're enjoying that you're um yeah that you're that you value but I think most people just don't think about it because we're so used to getting stuff for free yeah yeah, I feel like there should be like Instagram and Patreon should like merge. So when you follow someone, you're donating to them. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I literally had a similar thought the other day. I was like, well, I didn't think that exact thought, but I was like, imagine if everyone who who was like following these people on their profile um, actually supported them or like even even a, even like a small percentage of them, like they could, you know, make a living from doing yeah. like because Kyla Cobbler in particular she's um every day she she no, no matter what kind of mood she's in she'll always come on with a sketch or some funny story or something you know and she's she's doing that because people follow her and they want to hear from her you know so I think it I think the way I suppose streaming and just free content in general I think um it's just I, I don't know like it's both positive and negative Hmm. what do you what's your opinion on like free content like it's kind of needed to a certain extent it's kind of promotion but at the same time maybe it's gone a little bit too far like maybe we need to sort of create a culture that respects art more um and that yeah make it the the thing to do like not just to follow somebody on Instagram but to donate to their Patreon or to support them in some way um yeah it's 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 hard isn't it yeah it's 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 a weird one (laughs) it is because like even I'm like you know what like for example Actually, there's another person I can follow on Patreon. I completely forgot about him, but I used to listen to Russell Brand's podcast religiously. Oh, yeah. I under the skin, do you know the one? I haven't listened to it, but I know he does. He does podcasts, yeah. Yeah, I like loved loved his podcast. But then he actually moved. I think it's Patreon. Patreon. He moved to. Oh no, it's Luminary. He moved to. It's a different app. Sorry, it's a different app. But anyway, he moved to Luminary. But you have to like pay to listen to the podcast, and I was like, oh, so I I didn't pay to listen to the podcast because I was like mainly not because I didn't I minded paying the money but because I was like another app on my phone like I literally can't deal with another app on my phone yeah (laughs) it's just too much yeah for sure um I was gonna say um Blind Boy has um 
a good way of doing it. He's like, if you can afford to, he is Patreon as well. So it's kind of, it works like, um, if you can afford, if you ever thought you want to buy a pint or a coffee or whatever, donate that much a month to his podcast. And then if you can afford it, if you have it, like pay whatever you can afford. And then if you can't afford to do it, um, listen for free. But then the other people who can afford to pay are paying for the free listeners to get it for free. So does he does he yeah. have an option for people to go on his Patreon and like see his content for free? But he uh, he says if you can afford it, pay me, and if not, you don't have to. I don't think you can go on to the Patreon for free, but you can listen to the podcast like because it's everywhere. It's not just yeah. on Patreon. And then if you can afford his thing is if you can afford like then support him on Patreon. And I think I don't know if he does exclusive things or whatever. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a good way of thinking about it. Like it, he's saying it kind of operates in a, a sort of system of kindness that way. And yeah. everyone gets a podcast. He gets to make a living. And then, you know, people who can afford it aren't out of pocket and people who can't afford it can still consume it. Yeah. So I mean, that's great. But like he has a quite a large following. So, mm, you know, yeah. that might work for him, but not not for for. Oh, like, yeah. Do you know, it won't work for everybody. No. But yeah, it depends on your... Yeah, it depends on your following. And then even still, like you see people with like 300, 400,000 followers and every post they do, they have to promote their Patreon. They have to have a, like, I follow a comic and it, she has a slide then it ad, at the end of every comic that's, a, it's like an ad for a Patreon, like what, what you get. And so every time she does a post on Instagram, she, does, she promotes Patreon in that post as well. Is that what you mean? Yes, it's it's the red dot comic. Um, so she has her comic up and then the last slide will be her Patreon thing. And she does this thing where when you sign up, you get like a little shout out. So she writes a few people's names on an extra slide on, okay. on a post, which is cool. That, yeah, there, that is cool. It's not, it's nice to, um, to show your, your thanks for support, I guess, as yeah. well. But then again, the support is supposed to be thanks for your art. So, <laughs> you know, where does it, where does it stop? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a two way thing. And that's maybe where, that's how we should be thinking about it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not just one side taking and taking all the content for free. And it's not just one side taking all the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, yeah, give and take. Like every relationship, right? Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It was so, I really, I just had to have you on, like, because I've been following Manasim for ages and I really appreciate what you're doing um, for female music and female musicians. And yeah, thanks so much for sharing your, your, a bit of your, about your life and your songwriting and all that. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your releases whenever they come out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing yours as well. <laughs> cool, thank you so much.